Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends offering perspectives of hope through Jesus Christ. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview. When I hosted this show in Hawaii, I'm joined with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Join us now. Open your heart to what God has to say to you. What would you do after a heartbreaking calamity? Susie Yanson Jennings desired to serve God and her community after her husband's tragic death. She heard God's call to give blankets to the homeless in downtown Dallas in November of 1993. Hailed the blanket lady, her modest beginnings were the genesis of Operation Care. International. Today, thousands upon thousands are impacted all over the United States and around the world, starting with one blanket. Today, we pause at the beginning of our program to, 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 to think about uh, the blanket of God, uh, the, the, the blanket of God's love, the blanket of the gospel that, that, covers, uh, that, that covers you, dear friend covers Suzanne and Susie, myself. The blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary when Jesus was crucified on our behalf because of your sins and mine. Uh, Well, you know, Christ was buried. And three days later, he rose again from the grave. And the living Christ, who has touched Susie Jennings, is here to touch your heart as well. With the blanket of his love, through uh, many blankets, even blankets today and more in the ministry, OCI, Operation Care International, that uh, distributes uh, care and love in Jesus' name. Susie Jennings is the founder and president of Operation Care International. She's a registered nurse by profession. She stepped out in faith and obedience to God's calling, leading to her Resignation from a supervisory position at Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas. In January 2011, she became a full-time missionary. She's with us today. Susie, welcome to our show. Welcome. I'm so happy to be a part of your family. (laughs) Thank you. Susie, where did you grow up? Uh, In the Philippines. Okay, what what part? What part of the Philippines? Uh, Negros. Negros Occidental, it's Visayas, it's in the middle part uh-huh. of the Philippines. Okay, okay. Now, um, what was it like for you growing up there in the Philippines? Well, I was raised uh, by a Christian mom. My dad was not a Christian, but he would go to church, and he became a Christian a lot later in life. And my mother would take us to church and Sunday school. And so I was really raised by a godly and prayerful mom. And uh, my mother, when I was a young girl, used to feed the homeless 
in our kitchen mm. in the Philippines. Mm. I was probably a young girl, like 10 years old, and I did not like that at all because I thought the homeless were just dirty and they were kind of just a pest of the society and, and that they ate my food, they occupied my space. So I grew up not liking any homeless people. Mm. Oh, Susie, I'm sorry. I'm just chuckling over here. <laughs> so uh, what brought you to America? Uh, Baylor Hospital in Dallas. They hired me while I was in the Philippines as a nurse. So I flew to America um, as a nurse at Baylor Hospital in Dallas. You mentioned your mother. Uh, it seems like she was... Uh, quite influential on you in your growing up years. Uh, you mentioned about the, the her Christian faith. How about how about you, Susie? Your faith. How did your faith grow uh, in relation to Christ? Well, I was saved when I was ten years old. Um, there was a preaching. My my uh, my pastor at that time was preaching, and I don't know. I know it was the Holy Spirit what got into me. I was just so moved by his preaching and. He was actually my godfather, and uh, he was the pastor of our church. So I went forward, and I was baptized after that. I accepted Christ that day, and then um, the pastor baptized me in a river after uh, probably a week later, together with other Christians. And um, I just remembered as soon as, you know, after I was baptized, when I look at the sky, I just felt like the sky just parted, like, like the sky parted, like probably God was looking down and my life was changed. I promised God on that day. I said, I really will be a good girl from now on. And I remember that my brother had a car accident, a motorcycle accident. On that day, his car, his motorcycle went under a car, a big car. And that was a very trying time on the day of my uh, baptism. God tested me and I remembered praying to God that I would be a really good girl and I would help what I can in the house while my mother was tending to my brother in the hospital. Mm. You know, you mentioned earlier about uh, the homeless people that your mom would bring into the home and your feelings about them. You were quite, quite open. I mean, we chuckled a little bit, but this is quite, quite, quite a serious matter in the sense that uh, the Lord was preparing you. Exactly. Yeah. I also think that it, it gives uh, well, maybe hope in a way uh, could be a way of describing it. The, the hope in the sense that we can change the initial perceptions we have of certain situations or of people in Christ. Those things can change over the course of time. Uh, it certainly has been a, a, a change for you. But what were the, uh, what would you say, Susie, or how would you describe the difference that Jesus has made in your life? from the Philippines and now you go to Baylor University Medical Center as a nurse and the things that began to take place after that in preparation for what you're doing today? Well, I I think since I was a little girl, I, I, I just loved the Lord so much. So growing up, my, my thing was just going to school and going to church and uh, joining the choir and uh, helping Sunday school. So my life had been that way. And then coming to America, 
since I was a little girl, I wanted to become a missionary nurse to Africa and India. But that did not happen. I mean, God called me in a different ministry for the homeless, but in the long run, at the end, he rerouted me to Africa and India and impacted 6,000 children in Africa and 2,000 in India. So if I was just a missionary, it would impact only a few, mm. few people, not mm-hmm. thousands. See how perfect God is? Yeah, I mean, he will not give you what you really prayed for sometimes because he has a better plan, a bigger plan. If you just keep on trusting and believing. So my faith, uh, I think, was also um, built because of my mother's prayerful life. I remember growing up in the Philippines, my mom would pray for her nine children by name, kneeling down every night and in the morning. So I, would, I, would, uh, I saw that every night. So that probably was ingrained in my heart to to be prayerful and to he she told me you always just keep your trust in god that god is always going to be with you wherever you go mm. a name in the southern baptist world uh, w.a criswell uh, will resound by by many uh, in uh, one of the leading figures uh, with the Southern Baptist Convention, First Baptist Church, Dallas, uh, 1982. Within months of arriving in the United States uh, from the Philippines, Susie, uh, you went to Dr. Criswell's church. Uh, how influential was uh, Dr. Criswell and the, the ministry of First Baptist in your spiritual development? Oh, it was very big. Um, Dr. Criswell was really a, uh, an incredible pastor. He accepted me just the way I am. And regardless of what color, creed, uh, he did not, you know, he, was not a pre- he wasn't a prejudiced or partial. He, he loved people. And I think the love that he's shown me and the church have kind of adopted me. That also uh, built my faith in Christ that God will always be with me and he will provide. Mm-hmm. And uh, so his teaching also um, also helped me tremendously in my growth in the Lord. Well, the Lord takes Susie Jennings from the Philippines. She has accepted Christ. She still remembers uh, a space in her life at a certain point where her outlook on homeless people was not at a very high point. But the Lord was going to do a work in her life that has, to this day and going forward, impacted and will impact, by God's grace, thousands and thousands more. When we come back from our break, well, a moment of tragedy. You ever experience something that you never really saw coming? Certainly the way that things turn out. The shock of hearing news. Uh, uh, the, the, the inner tor- turmoil that takes place when you realize uh, some details of what transpired. Can God bring someone back? Can there be hope in the midst of agonizing pain and reality. Well, Susie Jennings will, I think, testify that indeed we serve a God of the resurrection. She'll share more when we come back. Stay with us. The road of desperate life. 
aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. I'm joined with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Please enjoy. Susie's ministry is a truthful illustration that where God guides, God provides. You can find out more about Susie Jennings and her ministry, Operation Care International, at operationcareinternational.org. Again, operationcareinternational.org. Hey, perhaps you're tuning in right now, or maybe you caught the tail end of our last segment. Look, you can get this program in its entirety as a gift to you. Uh, l- listen to it, share it with a family member or a friend. I think it'd be a great way of uh, reaching someone who God will place on your heart. Go to thegoodlifehawaii.com. You can get this program in its entirety as a gift. It's uh, free for you, dear friend. Susie, what were the circumstances that uh, eventually led you to uh, begin giving blankets away? Um, Leaning in now uh, with uh, the story of what took place when we talk about this tragedy in your life. Well, it really started, um, this giving away blankets uh, started after the Lord spoke to my heart um, one day, leaving the First Baptist Church, going home. But prior to that, uh, there was an incident in my life that... uh, you know, directed me to this um, uh, incident about this blanket, or how the Lord spoke to me about uh, giving away blankets. My husband of nine years, uh, David Jennings, disappeared from our home March 9, 1993, which is uh, about 25 years ago. He was suffering from a chemical imbalance called serotonin deficiency. So he got severe depression, and he disappeared. And uh, uh, for a whole month, I did not know where David was. So I would go to the word of the Lord and the Psalms uh, would give me um, encouragement. And Psalms 30 verse 5 said, Weeping me endure night, joy comes in the morning. And through that verse, the Lord gave me hope that there would be joy. On, on the 30th day, I got a, uh, a visitor 
detective who came to my house and said they found the car of David in Oklahoma, which is the next uh, state in Texas. We live near Dallas. And he told me that uh, they found the car, but they did not find David. So we went to Oklahoma the next day, tried to locate David. And at 12 noon, exactly 12 noon, uh, we, I heard a gunshot fired on the air. And we were trying to locate David, and I knew in my heart that was a signal. So I told my pastor, I said, I think that's a signal. And he said, what signal? I, we did not plan of any signal. And I said, well, I knew it's a signal. So we went there, and, and then the, uh, the guy, the police was running from the hilltop, shouting, and he said, I found a body. Said, I found him. I found him. And I think that's him. After he said that, I just thought that the whole world, the sky came down in my shoulder. And it was so just sad. And so we went to where he found the body, but I could not get near because there was a creek, a little creek, a body of water that God placed in between me and David. So I could not get near him because he had been dead for we believe he had been dead for 30 days. We believe he committed suicide on the same day when he left our home on March 9th. And that was April 8th already. So that was 30 days. So he had been dead for 30 days. And I, I, I was in shock. I was so mad at David. I was not mad at God, but I was mad at David. And I, and I just remembered I fell on the ground and I was screaming. I said, why, David, why? Because uh, we were supposed to grow old together. And he left me. And so I was mad at David, but not at God. And I just remembered, um, I went on the top of the hill and, and I screamed. And I just said, Lord, give me strength. And I remembered uh, like an electric voltage that came to my toes. And I traveled to my, from my toes to my legs out, out of my mouth. And after that, I felt so much peace. And I felt like uh, when my pastor said, let's go, I just felt like there were two hands that lifted me off the ground. And so I was not walking on the ground. Like I was like one foot above ground. It was so peaceful walking. And I, and I felt like the thing that came out of my mouth, that was probably my anxiety, my fear, anger, and all those negative feelings. Because I screamed to God, give me strength. And he gave it to me immediately. We buried David a day before Easter. And Easter is coming up. We buried him a day before Easter. And he was supposed to sing in our church, First Baptist uh, Chapel there. And he was supposed to sing. The title of his song was Heaven. And then the pastor was saying in the funeral, he said, well, I think David is, is singing his song with the Lord. Because David was saved when he was a little boy. He accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I believe it was an illness that killed him, just like cancer will kill you. So David's illness, uh, chemical imbalance called serotonin deficiency, that was the one that, you know, his imbalance was the, his illness that killed him. And three days after we buried David, uh, I had my birthday. It was a very sad birthday. Um, uh, well, God gave me friends to come and comforted me. And then three months later, I was in a car accident, so I could not walk. I became disabled for two months. And then two months later, when I started walking, I was baking a cake. And 30 feet from me, I saw a lot of policemen in my neighbors, uh, near my neighbors, uh, in my fence with my neighbor. And then I went outside and I asked the police, I said, what's going on? And I said, um, 
your neighbor uh, committed suicide. See, David committed suicide. When we found his body, you know, he committed suicide. He shot his head, and this neighbor shot his heart 30 feet from me. And that's when I got mad at God. I questioned him why. So I was very mad. And that was in September 7, 1993. And then that night, God gave me a dream. In my dream, I was knocking at my neighbor's doors, telling them about Jesus. And the next day I woke up, I decided to choose joy. Because I remember the verse in Psalms 30, verse 5, that God gave me. When David was missing for 30 days, I would seek refuge in the Word of God, in Psalms. And the Psalms will come to life. The words of the Lord will come to life. And that verse carried me, Psalms 30, verse 5, weeping me endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. So I decided to choose joy. I decided not to be angry with God anymore. I decided I'm, gonna, I'm going to serve the Lord. So I woke up, and then I asked God this question, which I do not recommend to your audience to do. Because this, is the question. this was the question. I said, Lord, what can I do for you? Do not ask God what can you do for him if you're not prepared. He's going to take you out of your comfort zone that you don't even want to go. Because three weeks later, after that question, I was driving from the church, going home, Sunday, 12 noon, with my mother sitting next to me. Then I heard a voice in my heart that said, look at your left side. And then I looked. I saw about 100 men and women living under the bridge, cardboard boxes as their home. Trash bag those windows. That was October of 1993. It was kind of cool. And so the air, you know, was cool. And, and I could see these trash bags just, you know, swinging in, in the uh, cardboard box. And then the voice said, you're going to go there in person. And then my response was, no, not me. I'm not going. I said, those are crazy and homeless, and they're violent, they're dirty, and they're going to kill me. Uh, I don't, I'm not going. And then the voice said, you were the one who asked me, what can you do for me? Right then, then I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. He reminded me of Moses when God told Moses to go to Egypt and get his people out. And Moses said, no, I'm not going. I could not speak. I was the same way. I said, no, I'm not going. Those are crazy people. And after God spoke, when he said, you were the one who asked me, I was convicted right there. I was changed. And I said, oh, God, forgive me. I am going. What could I take to these needy people? And then the voice said, blanket. So the next day I went to Baylor Hospital where I was supervisor. And then I asked $5 from all doctors and nurses I could find. Uh, telling them I needed to help the homeless under the bridge for Thanksgiving in November, because that was October already. Yeah, make long story short, um, they started giving me money, and then the next month, a Sunday before Thanksgiving, we went under the bridge and gave away blankets and shared Jesus. Before we gave away the blanket, we shared the greatest gift, who was Jesus. So we gave them a gift. But we gave them the greatest gift also. So you could picture under the bridge, one-on-one, -on -one, two people, one with a blanket, uh, blankets under their armpits, and then the homeless. And it was a lot of people under the bridge sharing Christ. 
And we did it again on December, the next month, before Christmas. And we brought an evangelist who stood on top of the pickup truck, preaching Jesus with lots of blankets around him, and then the homeless were surrounding the pickup truck. And we shared Christ under the bridge again. And then for eight years, I became the blanket lady of Dallas, because that's what I did. Every Saturday, I give away blankets, and I would buy blankets. Every Walmart that you could find, I would buy all their blankets, because people would give me money with my name on it. So they trusted me. For eight years, I did it with my mother until 2001, and I became very tired because that was all my life, blankets, blankets. So they called me blanket lady. And on the 2001, I told God, I said, Lord, I cannot do this anymore. I'm pretty tired. And then the Lord spoke in my spirit. He said, you're going to become a nonprofit. I said, okay, how do we do that? I'm not a business person. I'm a nurse. And I don't even know how to balance checkbook. My late husband used to balance checkbook. And now you're calling me? And But then when God gives a vision, he gives provision. Because the next week, my best friend called and she said, Susie, why don't you become a nonprofit? My husband will set you up. So that's really how it started. Operation Care became a nonprofit. We sat down and me and my best friend and the pastor's wife, three clueless women, started Operation Care. We didn't know what we were doing. We just knew, I just knew God told me to do it. So I just obeyed, and not knowing what we were doing. You're listening and to that's how it started. You're listening to Susie Yanson Jennings, Susie Y. Jennings. Yeah, Susie's a registered nurse. She's the author of the book, 31 Days of Mountaintop Miracles, One Woman's Legacy of Unconditional Obedience. Susie, what a privilege it is to hear you share uh, the, the the grace that God has given you. Well, you know what? We, we, we want to hear more. When we come back from our break, yes, we will spend more time listening to and enjoying Uh, The incredible story of Susie Jennings. Operation Care, well, their mission statement is uh, that Operation Care International exists to connect impoverished children and the homeless to Jesus Christ by providing for their physical needs through God's provisions both at home and abroad. Started with blankets. And we're listening to the blanket lady and how God put an organization together, a nonprofit that has international impact. Operation Care International.org. Stay with us. We'll be back with more. The road of desperate life, beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me. Hi, this is Danny Yamashiro. In what way have you seen God work powerfully in your life? Do you have a story to share about God's provision and deliverance? Have you experienced God's healing? Do you have a testimony that will encourage others? 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. I want to share your story on our radio podcast. Please visit drdanny.live and share your Jesus story by clicking on the link at the top left of the home page. If you'd like to share your testimony in the form of a letter, send your correspondence to Formation Institute, P.O. Box 381-222, Cambridge, Massachusetts, 02238. That's Formation Institute, P.O. Box 381-222, Cambridge, Massachusetts, 02238. 
You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. I'm joined with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Please enjoy. Susie Jennings is the real deal and a miracle in and of herself. Take this 31-day journey with her and you will be challenged to see what God can do with one person. You who are totally sold out to him. Read it and reap 31 Days of Mountaintop Miracles, One Woman's Legacy of Unconditional Obedience by Susie Jennings. You're listening to The Good Life Radio Show. Danny Yamashiro here with Suzanne Maurer. Thanks for joining us today. You can find out more about Operation Care International at operationcareinternational.org. And may I tell our listeners, it's 31 just precious nuggets of miracles. I've read the book. I highly recommend it. Um, and she gives God all the glory. Susie, someone wants to get the book. How can they go ahead and get it? Uh, go to Amazon.com. Or they could go also on a website and we could send them the book. If, uh, um, you know, if they could not go to Amazon, they could go to our website. Okay. But Amazon has it. Okay. Does Barnes & Noble have it, Susie? Uh, I'm not sure in okay. our Barnes & Noble here, I think, but I'm not sure in other okay. areas. Okay, Amazon.com or OperationCareInternational.org and get a hold of this this book by Susie Jennings. Uh, Susie, so Operation Care International got started. Uh, Suzanne and I were, were chuckling because of the humor and yet the sincerity in the way that you're explaining the process of what God did describe some of the events that are held by OCI each year. Okay, well, um, remember we became a blanket ministry first, so we started doing that in the streets, and then it became a thousand blankets. We started in two thousand one as a nonprofit. We called it Birthday Bash for Jesus. So the idea of this Birthday Bash started really since the beginning with a blanket and. Um, and then after that, in 2001, God gave us uh, a vision, me and together with my chairman of the board at that time, uh, Ron Bat, uh, God gave us a vision of giving a birthday party we're in for one day. The homeless uh, probably will not have to worry about where to get their food. If they could just sit down and rest for one day, rest from their weary travel of walking aimlessly all day and if they could just sit down then we could feed them and then we could have music and then we could have some probably medical help assistance assistance and then wash their feet and serve them and we could do that on a christmas a saturday before christmas and then celebrate jesus party birthday because remember in the bible when it said go and call the lame and the poor because the rich will not come to my party so we kind of you know Think, oh, it's, we're going to make that Jesus' birthday party where we're going to invite the poor and, and the impoverished children and the homeless, the prostitutes, the destitute, the outcasts, get them to one area and 
share them Jesus and the love of Christ, that they too will find hope in Christ. And that would be a great gift to the, uh, to the baby Jesus, you know. Souls mm. that would be one because God gave us the greatest gift. What in return are we giving him back? Give our service. And that's how it started. We started having this huge birthday party for Jesus without any funding, no money. We did not know what we were doing. And so we said, okay, we're going to put this in the homeless shelter. Well, that was not what God's plan was. That was in 2004. In June of 2004, the same voice who told me to go under the bridge, the same voice who woke me up, you know, and would speak to me, told me, said, your party in the homeless shelter will not be in the homeless shelter. It's going to be happening at the Dallas Convention Center. This was in 2004 of June. And I said, okay, how do we do that? <laughs> well, God gave me instructions to call, first to call different uh, um seminaries, Christian seminaries, and then called churches, and then called hospitals for medical team. And that's how really we started doing this. So I called all these uh, places that God directed me to call, and they partnered with us. But still, remember, we didn't have any money. So a month before the event, we planned a big party of Jesus at the convention center with no funding, no money. 30 days before the actual event in November 18, 2004, I remembered, I woke up, and then I told the Lord. I knelt at the foot of my bed. I said, Lord Jesus, it's going to be your birthday 30 days from now. We have the convention center already. We told them that we're going to rent it. And the best part was they forgot to ask us for money. It's supposed to be fully paid 60 days before the event. The Lord allowed them to forget. So they didn't ask us for any money. So 30 days, we only have $20 in the bank. Uh, that was $20 given by a little boy who broke his piggy bank when he knew that we would have this party. So he broke his piggy bank and gave it to his mother. He said, Mama, give this to the homeless for their party. That was our two fish and five loaves. That was the only money we have. But we believe we were called to do this party. And so I remembered, I woke up, and then I knelt at the foot of my bed. I said, Lord Jesus, it's going to be your birthday, but we don't have any money. We only have $20 in the bank, so your name is at stake. That was the prayer. And then I went to work. I was a nurse supervisor in the hospital. Uh, I was evening shift supervisor. At 8 p.m., I got a phone call from my friend who was in charge of fundraising. And then she said, Susie, this morning, I went to my friend. I told her we're trying to have this party, big party for the homeless, and we're expecting about 10,000 people because that was the number I told her because that's what, what the Lord put in my heart, that there will be 10,000 people. So she said, I went to my friend. Her name is Dottie, and I told her we needed money because we only have $20 in the bag. We don't have any money to buy sleeping bags, blankets, coats, shoes, food, rental medical supplies, toys, and renting of buses to get the homeless all over the city to get to the convention center. So she said, I went to my friend this morning. I asked her if she could help us. and She said, well, that's interesting because I went to the hospital, but before I went to the hospital, I wanted to give money to charity. So how much do you need for you to have this birthday party at the convention center? 
So my friend Diane said, we need $100,000 right now just to be able to pull this through so we could order the shoes and, and sleeping bags and all, you know, toys early on. And then the lady, Dottie, responded that that's truly incredible because that's exactly the amount I want to give. So I'm going to write you a $100,000 check. So the next day, she gave it 100000 and that was the beginning of the largest birthday party for Jesus in America. And guess how many people came on that first event? How many people? 10,000. 8,500 homeless and poor, and then 1,500 volunteers coming from 122 churches all over the Metroplex with no media. Um, We did not tell the media because we were afraid that people that are not homeless will come and get the stuff. Mm -hmm. Exactly 10,000 came. So that was the beginning of this amazing event. So now we are 15th year going, and the largest number who came uh, had been 21,000 people in one day. Mm. So last December, uh, we have 12,000 guests plus 3,200 volunteers. And the best part of that was uh, 1,382 accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And that was almost tripled from the number of the other year. We also served 13,363 meals for lunch but we also serve breakfast. So we figured it was almost probably 20,000 meals in one day. And we have 3,200 volunteers and thousands of goals and uh, shoes were given away, Bibles. Um, and also we have a thousand homeless veterans who came and that uh, doubled of last year's guests. And also we have a total of 6,000 children. It's a 50% increase from last year. Also, and so uh, we have also haircuts and makeover. And there's a lot of services. The first thing that happened when the homeless get inside, the homeless veterans go first. And then we welcome them with high fives. And then we take them to evangelism area. After that, they go to the foot washing where we wash their feet, put on socks and shoes. Then they go to coats sleeping bags, blankets, personal care items, eyeglasses, haircuts, makeover, food, uh, praise and worship, uh, flu shots, uh, eyeglasses, dentists. Then they go to an area where they could probably find help, like resources with jobs and housing and lawyers. Susie, excuse me real quick. And also how we, um, how you connect them with their families. Do we need to go to a break? Yes. That's, that's the best part is the last part is the uh, uh, operation called home mm. where they call their family. Susie, it's, uh, I mean, we're listening to a, f- a full service experience <laughs> that, uh, well, God started by whispering or speaking to Susie Jennings to turn left, look and look, look what's the under left. the bridge. And there were a hundred people for eight years. She was the blanket lady going to Walmart and emptying those shelves, people just giving her checks, and uh, and it becomes a nonprofit organization. The first year, this big event, the 10,000 homeless, uh, launched with a a gift, uh, just 30 days out, $100,000. The Lord prepared it all. We're listening to miracle after miracle 
a testimony of Susie Jennings. Her book, 31 Days of Mountaintop Miracles. When we come back from our break, more from Susie. Perhaps today, as you're thinking about your situation, maybe the challenges that you face in your life, could it be that the Lord uses a moment like this to lift you out of the despair that you feel I know everyone who's in it. I've been where you are. We, we're, we're in the depths of despair. We wonder how we're going to get out. And perhaps the Lord pulls us out by looking at the needs around us, preparing us to help meet those needs in His name. Stay with us. We'll be back with more. Wandering the road of desperate life Aimlessly beneath the barren sky Hi, this is Danny Yamashiro. A woman in Boston recently told me, I listen to your program every day and was inspired by the man who became an NFL quarterback. A person in Orlando said, I heard your podcast of the man who came to God during the Jesus movement. Another friend said, that pastor who gave one of his organs to a boy without ever meeting the child touched me about Jesus' love. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is made possible through financial partners. Would you consider sending a gift to keep our program going? Podcasts have been downloaded in 49 states and 35 nations in the last six months. Please help us expand our reach. Go to drdanny.live and click support this media ministry. That's drdanny.live and click support this media ministry. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. I'm joined with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Please enjoy. Susie Jennings continues to be a conduit of God's blessing, uh, really a, a visionary that God speaks to. And through her willing and obedient heart, faithfully following the Lord, thousands upon thousands have come to volunteer to literally reach tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and beyond not only in America, but all over the world. OperationCareInternational.org. That's how you can find out more about Susie Jennings. And that's also how you can get the book, 31 Days of Mountaintop Miracles, OperationCareInternational.org. Susie, um, I, I want our listeners again to just uh, sink into your truth of if God gives the vision, he gives the provision. And so tell us now, how many different countries are you operating in now? And then could you share for our listeners December 19th, 2020? Yes. Um, also, when I was telling you about our Christmas event in Dallas, it's not only for the homeless, but also for the poor, especially impoverished children. Mm-hmm. So they're included. And so the children's area have a zip line and rock wall climbing and pony rides petting zoo, 
face painting, balloon artist, backpacks, foot washing, entertainment, and food, and toys, and uh, massive bounce houses. And, uh, and families go there, and including parents were also given gifts. Uh, so, Susie, Susie, let me just uh, step in real quick here. You mentioned a number of times, and I want you to explain this to, to our, explain this to us. You mentioned foot washings. Yes. Uh, foot washing. What, what is the significance of foot washings and how have people responded to that? Both washing as well as those receiving the foot right. washing. Well, foot washing was the, uh, in the beginning, that was our vision to, to wash the feet of the homeless. That was the last thing that Jesus did before he went to the cross. So our values for Operation Care is CSI, compassion, servanthood, and integrity. So that will emulate Christ in the servanthood part uh, is the foot washing. And that's, you're washing the dirtiest, stinkiest, smelliest uh, feet in the world, and that's our sins, dirty, stinky, smelly, and Jesus is still going to wash it. So we're trying to emulate what, who Christ is to the people, you know, and, and that why, that's why the trademark of Operation Care is foot washing and the heart is evangelism and prayer. So that those two things uh, go hand in hand wherever we go around the world. So we are now in Philippines, India, Africa, Taiwan, China, Indonesia, Cambodia, Israel, Jordan, Brazil, Nepal, serving 28,000 children. We have a school in Africa, a medical clinic in Cambodia for orphans, another school near Thailand, border of Thailand and Cambodia. Then we're having partnership with another school in Israel, uh, in Ariel, and that's partnership with the government over there. And so uh, that's what we do. And now God has given us an amazing vision where in December 19, 2020, this birthday party for Jesus will be in 50 states and uh, 200 cities, plus 200 cities, and uh, 50 capitals, plus 200 cities, and 200, over 200 nations all over the world, where in one day, there will be a global birthday celebration of Jesus uh, Christ, December 19, 2020, and then there will be one day, million heirs, H-E-I-R-S, wherein there will be crusades also in the evening, culminate the birthday party of Jesus, so there will be millions that will be saved in one day. There will be a global evangel- <laughs> evangelism wherein it's all about sharing Christ and taking care of the poor and the homeless, giving them hope and resources, taking care of your community. And that will be globally the same date regardless of time zone. It's going to happen December 19th. So what we want is uh, we need people to adopt the project, and it's going to be on our website, and we're going to prepare... Uh, right now, we're in the process of preparing a video, a 15-second, 30- and 60-second TV ad commercial. And also, we're developing a book, a manual of how to do it, so they could copy it all over America. And in the international part, we would just like them to do the foot washing and evangelism of children, 2020 children, 2020 children, and that we would like uh, donors to help us make this happen by um, donating so we could uh, help other countries that are poor. Susie, uh, what, why do you consider Romans 8, well, maybe, <laughs> Romans 8.28, 8, yeah, why is that your guiding principle for ministry? Because 
and we know all things work together. It's not for, um, I know Satan meant it for bad, but the Lord turned it for good for me. So if we always look into a positive, and even in spite of your sorrows and pain, just keep on trusting and believing and praising God, because the Bible said, you never think give thanks. So I, I praise God for allowing me to go through my sorrows and pains because it made me a better person. If not for the death of my husband, there will be no ministry. Mm-hmm. So for the widows there and the people that are uh, hurting, just ask God, uh, how could you turn that pain into joy? How could you turn that tragedy into triumph? For mm-hmm. me, I ask God, what can I do for you? Uh, but also be prepared because it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. And that's what I did. But unconditional obedience, the one that carried me. Also, that I had to just obey God, whatever that is. So in my book, there are three things uh, you know, in my life. Unconditional obedience. Number one, he told me to go under the bridge, which I did. Number two, he told me to become homeless. Uh, so I live in the streets with homeless people for a day. And that opened my eyes for the plight of the homeless. More. It was very scary. So now I understand that they are scared to death of their lives at night. And number three, he told me to leave my six-figure income as a nurse supervisor and uh, leave it with nothing. So now it's just by faith, trusting moment by moment, daily, where the money would come to support this ministry. So we are in dire need of support of the people to carry on the vision right now because we just have moved to a new office. We were in my house for 16 years. Just trusting God, so he did that. Now we have an office with seven rooms that we need to continue to, uh, you know, to be in here. So the the ministry is growing. And also, and also, Susie, I want to remind our listeners of your earlier statement that God gave you the grace to choose joy. You you made that choice, and you chose joy thanks to was it Psalm thirty five. 30, 30 verse 5. Yeah. Yes. Susie, what would you say to someone right now going through a, a very difficult time? Well, I, I, to me, it was the faith of my mother that was ingrained in me and, and the prayer of my mother. So just go back to the Word and claim the Word and, go and just uh, tell the Lord uh, when you read the Word, give it back to Him and remind Him. It doesn't need a reminder, but if you give it back to him, you just say, Lord, remember, this is written, this is your word. You said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I would tell him, I said, Lord, you know, I'm a widow. The Bible said, uh, uh, Isaiah 65, 54-5, uh, uh, that said, uh, you know, the widow, uh, that God is my husband. So I will remind God, I said, Lord, you're my husband. You know, you better take care of me. He said, I will never leave you, so you have to take care of me. So I just cling to those words. That's all I that's all my life is clinging and be obedient to the Lord. So just be obedient to the word and to the Lord. And regardless of what happened, he will always be there for you. And in a night of anguish, God is always there. Susie, and, we, we have about a minute remaining. Could you lead us in a prayer? Pray for sure. our, our, our dear friend right now who's uh, going through that very challenging moment. Okay. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you're the author and finisher of our faith. I pray for this person, Lord, who is uh, suffering right now. I pray, Father, that the joy of the Lord will be the strength of this person. And thank you for your word, because your word said, delight yourself in the Lord. He will grant the desires of your heart. Thank you, Lord, because our desire 
right now is just bring glory and honor to your name. I pray that this person will find comfort in your word. And Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, for Good Life Radio Show. And thank you for Danny and for Suzanne. I pray blessings over their lives and over their ministry. And Lord Jesus, we pray for 2020. One day, 2020. May it will all be about you all over the world. One day, we're in the whole world will be evangelized. We're going to give that to you, Lord, leaving this at the foot of the cross, at the feet of Jesus. And thank you that there is resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Beautiful. Susie, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. You're welcome. Caring words from Susie Jennings, OperationCareInternational.org. My friend, God's timing is perfect, and there's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus. Go to drdanny.live for next steps and resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and major podcast platforms. Romans 8.28 And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Susie Jennings, OperationCareInternational.org Until next time, along with my co-host Suzanne Maurer, producer Brian Torres, social media director Luke Yamashiro, guest coordinator Jan Yi, and board operator Joseph Valdivieso. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.